Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. And we have with us Dave Sawley. He is the CEO at Derive Systems. Welcome, Dave. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So why don't you give us an overview about Derive? Sure. So Derive Systems is a leading automotive technology company. Uh, We've got about two or just over two million software installations to date that are powering upgraded experiences for drivers on the road today. And what we do is we connect the vehicles and their engines to the digital world and enable individuals as well as enterprise fleets to take control and optimize their vehicle for performance, fuel efficiency, safety, and more. Um, and overall, our technology platform leverages added on onboard intelligence as well as powerful cloud data integrations, uh, as well as enhanced sensors and future technologies to personalize every automotive experience um, and really take what is coming off of the production line from an OEM that's kind of a one-size-fits-all hat and creating something that's much more bespoke and tailored for the end user, whether that's, again, an enterprise fleet or an individual enthusiast or the parent of a teenage driver. Wow. So it's it's like a not a smart car, but it's a car that you can interact with in several different ways. Yeah. So probably the, the best uh, example I can give is that um, uh, for many of the Ford Mustangs, as well as Ford F-150 and Mazda MX-6 and a Ford Transit van and a Ford Taurus, they actually have the exact same engine in those vehicles, uh, but the experience of one being a sports car versus one being a truck versus one being a family sedan, that's all being controlled by the software that's running on the vehicle's computer. Um, mm. and, and what we do is we allow for changes to that software in order to personalize for the end needs of the customer. Um, so it's a, a most optimized experience for each user. Um, and, and so e- even looking just at one of those vehicles, and we'll say a Ford F-150, you know, that may be used by people for towing, and that may be used by people for driving on the freeway or carrying loads in a city, but it's not really optimized for any one use case. And so once you know how a customer is using the vehicle, there's really powerful things you can do to uh, improve the performance or improve fuel efficiency uh, or improve safety for, for vehicles. Um, and previously I mentioned like a product for parent of a teenage driver. Uh, one of the things we showcased at CES this year was uh, a simple technology integration where we're able to keep the vehicle from starting until the seatbelts fasten. Uh, we put a phone into disabled mode once you put your vehicle into reverse or to drive. We can, in real time, speed limit your vehicle to only travel uh, the speed limit of the road you're traveling down um, and uh, kind of do some of these other customization type of facets that are all controllable through the software logic that's running on the vehicle's computer. That is so cool. And I think even just teenage drivers for sure, but just to remind regular people, you know, we think that, oh, we can answer this text message or we can we can speed this time. But really, you know, that's not okay. <laughs> Keeping us yeah, well, I wouldn't know what you're talking about because I would never look at my phone while while driving. But I hear other people may do it from time to time. 
Yes, and it's it's not it's not good. And I think that a lot of times we get we get a little bit. Uh, I think it's, you know it's an ego thing that people think, oh, it's okay, I can speed this one time because I never do it. But then how many times do you do it? So that's great. So yeah. How do you optimize? How do you optimize the fuel efficiency? Yeah, so we work with some of the largest fleets in the country, and many of these fleets will have 10, 20, 30,000 vehicles uh, that will typically be used for a very similar process. So think, think about like your telecommunications provider. They typically drive a bunch of vans, and that van has equipment in it, and those vans will operate in city environments, or some may operate in um, kind of suburban environments or rural environments. But there's a there's pretty consistent cadence across each of those different um, scenarios where they may travel on average a half mile or a quarter mile between stops. They may spend a lot of time idling. Um, and we can take all of that information and do things uh, such as we can adjust the shift points of the vehicle so the driver isn't redlining the vehicle. Or we can change the amount of torque in first gear to make sure that, you know, your your cable provider isn't doing burnouts down the street. Um, I already mentioned that we can do speed limiting uh, to make sure that, you know, whether it's from a static or dynamic perspective, the vehicle won't go over X miles an hour, and we allow the fleet manager to set those those limits. And um, we can also change idling RPMs, so when the vehicle is in park but, but um, uh, the engine's still on, that it's consuming less gas. And through all of those, we very, very consistently save these enterprise fleets 8 to 12% on fuel consumption, uh, as well as improving their safety and reducing the output of harmful emissions. And uh, to my understanding, we're the only technology provider in the space that will actually guarantee those fuel savings to our fleets. And if we don't save you 6% on your fuel consumption, and when, when you magnify that across 30,000 vehicles, it's a very meaningful number. Uh, but, but if we don't hit that number for you, we actually don't charge you anything. Wow, wow. So if people have these, these fleets, you know, how, how easy or difficult is it to get started with putting this technology into their vehicles? Super simple. Um, and in, just to clarify, uh, and now we're talking about the offering for enterprise versus to, to end consumers, but on the enterprise mm-hmm. side, our, our primary product uh, is known as a telematics solution. And tel- telematics is pretty common knowledge. Uh, it's the Fleetmatics and Verizon and Omnitrax. Uh, they all provide similar solutions where they will tell you where your vehicles are located. They'll notify a fleet manager about speeding events and items like that. Um, and what we saw was that you know, that space, um, in, in my mind, is quite commoditized in that people are providing the same information on similar type of dashboards. But what makes Derive unique and kind of where our history comes from in our ability not just to read that information from the vehicle, but also write to the vehicle's controllers in order to change how it operates, it allowed us to create an offering that was far, far uh, differentiated and ultimately far superior to what existed in the marketplace. So uh, as we work with fleets today, we give them all of those same vehicle tracking uh, and data intelligence solutions, but layer on top of that these uh, capabilities to to do everything from seatbelt disablement to speed limiting and fuel savings um, and and create that into a pretty uh, tight and convenient package. 
And so as we work with these large fleets, uh, we've got an enterprise sales team that will typically go through a piloting process. And then once the fleet feels comfortable with the technology and we move forward with the contract, it's, uh, it's about a 10-minute process per vehicle to, to install and be, be ready to go. That's, that's fantastic. And then on the, the small consumer side, so say if we want to install this technology for you know, senior drivers, teen drivers, et cetera, um, is it a similar process, I'm assuming? Correct. Um, all of our technology connects to the vehicle via a port that's underneath the steering wheel called the onboard diagnostics port. And that's how we are able to have two-way communication with the vehicle's controllers. And so uh, the, the startup process and uh, connection process uh, is, is very, very quickly and uh, or within a couple of minutes. And then the total install uh, typically ranges between 10 and 15 minutes, also for, a, for an individual consumer as well. Very cool, very cool. I'm looking here at the advanced intelligence um, that you can also put so talk a little bit about that. It has to do with weather, but also potentially safer driving? Yeah, so um, in a lot of this, and I'll, I'll call that our automotive platform, uh, uh -huh. came from a realization that we as a company only have the ability to create so many compelling solutions that are yeah. enhanced and, and really empowered by the two-way communication with a vehicle. Uh, so in order to allow other businesses to create solutions on top of that platform. Um, we've created an open architecture where uh, we can partner with various aftermarket technology providers. And, and you can think of that as uh, anything from uh, a self-driving car kit, like a you know, cruise automation, or a, a breathalyzer company. And you know, in both of those scenarios and a million other scenarios, uh, new technology is enhanced when it can actually control how a vehicle operates. But there's very few companies um, that have the level of experience that Derive Systems does in making those right access changes to vehicles. So uh, we're able to open up that right access and allow that technology to be built on top of our platform to, to help these, these typically non-automotive technology companies more rapidly scale into the 270 million vehicles on the U.S. roads today. Wow. So let's dive into a little bit about how you got involved with Derive. Sure. Um, so I personally uh, grew up in Minnesota and um, had, a, had a hobby of turning wrench with my father. Maybe I shouldn't say hobby. My dad was smart <laughs> and realized that it's not fun to change the oil in your car uh, when it's 10 degrees below zero. And, and when your wrench slips and you hit your knuckles on metal, it really hurts. So instead of doing that himself, he made uh, his son do that for him. But uh, you know, in all seriousness, it was just kind of a, uh, a father-son type of activity that we would work on cars together and buy wrecked vehicles and fix them up. Um, and then I had a long hiatus from that in that uh, I did my undergrad at the Air Force Academy and spent close to a decade in the, the Air Force. <laughs> um, but uh, as, I, as I migrated from the military to, to corporate America, uh, I found that there weren't that many folks. Uh, uh, and at the time, I was working for Bain & Company, a consulting firm. There weren't that many folks in the white-collar world that actually enjoyed blue-collar activity. Uh, and, and so that created some unique opportunities that um, I, I personally got an opportunity to go create the strategy for eBay Motors um, and how they were thinking about 
reaching the automotive consumer uh, and, and building out an e-commerce platform focused on the automotive space. And they just felt very comfortable to be at the intersection of automotive and technology. So um, continued beyond that, beyond that eBay experience and started the automotive software company. Uh, and then in 2014, had another opportunity uh, to, to come manage drive systems and have, I guess, found it to be a, a great home for me to, to be at that uh, intersection point and uh, combine some of the technology experience with an understanding of automotive as well as the automotive customer. And and with this type of new technology, I think it's I think it's so exciting and something that hopefully every car will have just to make everything safer and and more efficient. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned by working in this space? Uh, great question. Um, so the lessons learned are that the, the nuances of automotive technology are immensely complicated. Um, the the lines of code, and don't quote me on this because I may be lying, but somebody told it to me before and it <laughs> sounded good, so I'm going to repeat it. But supposedly the uh, the, the, the lines of code uh, that go into um, a you know 2018 or 2017 vehicle in many cases are more lines of code that go into uh, a, a spaceship. So it could very very complicated systems, and I think we take it for granted because um, the amount of technology that you get for the price you pay for an entry level vehicle is amazing. Obviously, we're able to get those price points because of the scale that uh, OEMs are, are are making cars, but they're they're truly remarkable. Um, systems and there's uh, immense amount of engineering effort that goes into that uh, and, and so we as a company that uh, we, we currently support 2,700 vehicles that uh, are in operation today across 11 different OEMs and, and so you know, we're a relatively small company at 170 or 180 employees but um, we have developed this experience and developed support for close to 3,000 of these vehicles with immensely complicated control systems. And the amount of uh, attention to detail and quality assurance work we do to make sure that as we add new vehicles to the platform and increase functionality, um, that we are uh, maintaining an appropriate environment for the, the remainder of those 3,000 vehicles, it's, uh, it's a Herculean engineering lift, uh, but thankfully, it's also what creates huge barriers to entry and has allowed us to be the largest player in the space and be able to talk about our technology openly without concerns of uh, any other technology player coming into the space to play in our sandbox. Uh, and I say that because we, we do a very open conversations very frequently and believe that even for you know, an ultra-talented Silicon Valley company such, such as a Google to, to recreate what we have built over uh, the last combined 30 years between the two companies that formed Derive Systems, it, it would be a decade's worth of uh, engineering work for even the most talented of, of engineering companies. So that was a bit of a long-winded way of saying uh, the, the technology is very, very complex um, and uh, I, th I think that the level of ongoing effort to maintain a platform like this uh, is, is, is a testament to the incredible engineering talent that we have within our business. Um, and I, I think the second, second major lesson I've learned is that consu consumer tech is really hard. Uh, enterprise mm -hmm. tech is quite easy. And in our case, uh, 
you know, when we can create a compelling solution for enterprise fleets, uh, and you can sell it to in, in lots of 10,000, 20,000, or 30,000 at a time, you can build a really successful and a really profitable business quickly. And a lot of that's based on subscription revenues and has a lot of predictability in the model. But as you're selling individual units to consumers, uh, which we do a lot of, we, 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 we reach about 200,000 consumers per year. Um, but consumers are open with their feedback. Uh, they want a, a peerless customer experience and they want the price point to be very low. So it's a, it's a much grittier process in order to have a sustainable business on that uh, mass market consumer side. And once someone's already gotten the Rive in their, in their vehicle or in their company's vehicles, what kind of updating process? I'm just thinking of, you know, you're, you're probably constantly changing things and tweaking things. Um, how do updates work? Yes. Yeah, so on the consumer side, uh, it, it's more of a process where you will make changes to your vehicle and then you'll have a handheld device that you can update via the cloud or via plugging into your computer when we have updates available and then make some of those static changes uh, as you go along. On the enterprise side, our devices are connected to the cloud uh, via 4G LTE and we're able to push firmware updates over the air to these devices in real time. Um, so a much more passive process and one that um, I keep on using the example of speed limiting just because it's easy to understand. Uh, if a fleet manager says, hey, now in the state of Montana, I only want my vehicles to be able to go 75 miles an hour. We can um, accommodate that change and then push update over the air to all those vehicles. And then that change will be in effect immediately. Um, and similarly, uh, I think that we, we all see a lot of recall scenarios where there's potentially a safety update change to, to a vehicle. Um, because of our ability to write to the vehicle's control systems, we actually have the ability to uh, push that over the air as well and, and do a full firmware update of the entire vehicle. So extremely powerful and, and, and differentiated platform in our ability to kind of offer up some of those real-time updates to uh, vehicles on the road. Oh, that's fantastic and super easy and simple. Right. Uh, so one one of the things to do list or items on the things to do list during 2018 is, is having some of those uh, conversations specifically with some of our most frequently supported and deployed OEMs to understand. Hey, you know, when you do have a recall, you know, how can we be this official partner to you versus having customers experiencing a uh, less than optimal customer experience of bringing their vehicle into the dealership and then dealership time and cost to make these uh, updates happen versus our ability to do that in real time without ever having to touch the vehicle. Wow. So if people want to find out more about Derive where, and, and maybe go and see your savings calculator, which you have on your website, um, or just they have questions, what is the best way to connect? Uh, best way to connect is just come into DeriveSystems.com, and that's D-E-R-I-V-E. S-Y-S-E-M-S dot com. And you can see our technology and details on the business, both for our enterprise side as well as our consumer side, uh, and lots of different ways to get in touch with folks from our organization uh, if you have interested in, interest in uh, either sides of, uh, of that technology. Wonderful. Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to come on Future Tech Podcast and share this really exciting new technology with us. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. That was Dave Foley. He is the CEO at Derive Systems. Their website, again, is D-E-R-I-V-E systems.com. 
Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.